Good evening and welcome back to the C Report with your host, Mr. C for Q&A Holes Podcast. Uh, welcome, welcome, and I bid you welcome again and again. Um, thanks for uh, tuning in to the C Report here on the E6W Network. Hope you guys are enjoying some of the information. Of course, uh, the C Report is brand new reports that I will be working on. Um, kind of just giving some news and views, I guess you could say. Um, you know, I'll, I'll try and spare the speculation and stick to some of the articles that I'm reading. Uh, still determining, you know, a time frame for when we'll have this airing on the network. Of course, a lot of things are up in the air at the network, um, but we still have, you know, the Q&A Holes podcast coming on. And of course, we have Joe 1 of 2 doing the Q&A Holes news break on the daily Monday to Friday. Now, as far as uh, what we'll be doing here on the C Report um, is just, uh, you know, um, moving more headlines that would otherwise not be uh, as, um, you know, heard or acknowledged by the general media, the legacy media and things like that. And of course, backed by some bias and some opinion, because uh, we here at Q&A Holes podcast um, are all about doing things that are um, uh, less PC, of course, but at the same time um, uh, is backed by the fire, the vigor, and the vim of being a true patriotic American and making sure that we get to the truth of the matter, um, which is why some of the new stories here uh, at the Sea Report will sometimes, you know, cross over into like Joe One of Two uh, and the Q&A Holes um, news break because uh, these are all headlines that are very important to us. I think uh, in the last uh, couple of days, maybe we had like one or two headlines that crossed. And I think that's a very good thing because you get the straightforward headline and news with Joe One of Two. And then, you know, I might break into a little bit of, you know, opinion or a little bit of my own thought process in regards to that and how I see it being processed from, um, you know, um, just my general well well of information not well but well of information and uh the other useless facts that i have sometimes floating around in my head um but i thank you all for hanging in there with me and then we'll see what happens because like i said um sometimes there's just so many news articles and so many you know like um i guess like uh, dots that i'm connecting that uh, it's you know i'm trying to keep this at about an hour um possibly to be a Monday through Friday, uh, maybe like at 8 p.m. or so. Um, and not to, and I promise on Wednesdays and Wednesday nights, I won't run into, um, I won't run into the uh, um, Q&A Holes podcast, obviously, because that's our, that's our, uh, you know, that's our flagship call-in show uh, that we do with Mr. W and Mr. Y and myself on Wednesdays and Saturdays. But... Who knows? Maybe, maybe on a. Oh, and also, of course, not on Thursdays because that's when Maga, Magadon, and myself also do um, do a show. But maybe on some of those other days, I'll do longer than an hour. I think uh, I think I went over about maybe fifteen minutes already. I think that was maybe on the second episode, which is really kind of dumb because I just uh, 
I just uh, kind of sandwiched y'all with like impeachment to end with Trump information, but may, maybe I'll like that because I know I like to hear about President Trump, um, so I don't mind so much being in a President Trump sandwich for an episode, but I'll try and be mindful not to be too repetitive or to uh, stick with some of the latest news. Now, I feel like I'm about a day behind on the news, um, and uh, let's see, that's because... Um, what we did yesterday on the C report was basically an Antifa report, and we talked a lot about Antifa yesterday on the C report. Um, and that was just to kind of keep that also in the conversation because these people are still out there, they're still doing the things that they're doing. And it's just very interesting to note that the legacy media, all of the network media, news outlets, and other medias are not really doing much reporting. Um, there was uh, one or two um one or two articles from Fox News. So, ho, ho, hey, hey, faux news, Fox News, fake news. Uh, at least you are doing your part there. Anyways, so uh, if you guys have any opinion otherwise, just let me know. Um, if you'll have any opinion at uh, whether or not I should use some of this elevator NPR background music on these news reports, let me know. I mean, uh, my voice accompanied by something like that might be more tolerable than just my voice by itself. But anyways... So let's get to some of this news. I'm going to start first with uh, an article um, that was published by... Da, 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 da. I apologize, I can't tell you who it's coming from, but I can't tell you who wrote it. Uh, the person who wrote it, her name is Anna Giarietelli. She's a Homeland Security reporter. So apparently this woman is usually on the beat with the Homeland, report, uh, Homeland Security. Um, this was actually out on February 2nd. So what I wanted to start with was, again, some of Biden's... Um, uh, president select Biden's uh, executive orders. So, um, this uh, first article uh, that I'm going to be presenting to you says Biden targets Trump immigration curbs with new executive orders. So, um, in the first 25 orders, uh, President select Biden uh, dictated that uh, there would be some immigration. Uh, reform or basically repealing some of the work that uh, President Donald Trump had done in regards to immigration. Now, if you remember some of the things that he had clamped down on in addition to uh, building a wall on the southern border that I believe was pretty much complete, um, you know, cut down on human trafficking, cut down on child sex trafficking, cut down on uh, drug trafficking, uh, cut down on those crimes of uh, against humanity, as well as put uh, helped the border agents and the border patrol agents in a very big way. Um, if you guys haven't seen the wall, I'd encourage you all to look it up and take a gander. Um, President Trump, uh, one of the last, one of the last things that he did while he was still optically uh, the president of the United States of America was to visit a portion of the wall and he signed it. And that was in Alamo, Texas. A lot of people were getting that confused with the Alamo. Um, the Alamo is in San Antonio, Texas, and Alamo, Texas is near the border. 
that's where he went to go uh, give a speech by the wall and kind of talk a bit about some of those things that were going on there. But that's there's a difference there. I think he touched down in San Antonio and they drove down to Alamo, but he did not give a speech at the Alamo. He gave a speech in Alamo, Texas. Um, but according to this article, um, some of the things that Biden's executive orders will do, and I think this is quite ridiculous, um, they will roll back policies uh, um, on asylum seekers and refugees. Um, they will create a family reunification task force to reunite more than 600 children. Now, that's kind of concerning to me, and I'll tell you why in a sec, and then also um, establish a task force to help uh, migrants, um, and, and this task force will be called the Task Force on New Americans. Like, if that weren't ridiculous, um, I don't know. I, I could only imagine that this would be a task force that would like track, enroll, vaccinate, and release immigrants illegally into the United States of America and then make sure they keep them on their Rolodex for election season and make sure they keep them. Uh, maybe they'll take their fingerprints, their stool samples, and their uh, I, um, iris prints as well. Uh, pupil prints or whatever so this way they can keep track of them in the brand new world order that they're bringing about under the uh, illegitimate president presidency of uh, Joe Biden um, but that, that's something so let's 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 dive into this a little bit um, in the article Anna writes President Biden is set to sign executive orders Tuesday to roll back Trump's policies on asylum seekers and refugees creating a task force to reunify families who are separated at the border and beginning a broad review of rules limiting asylum um, the Biden administration will create a family reunification task force that will help the more than 600 children who were separated from their parents by United States officials carrying out Trump's zero tolerance policy. More than 5,400 children were taken from their parents as part of a federal effort uh, to refer for prosecution all adults who illegally crossed the border in 2017 and 2018. A federal judge ruled in 2018 that families will be reunified, but the government said it could not find the adults who came with 600 children. So that's a thing right there. Um, this is uh, people kind of painting this idea that it's a totally bad idea to remove these children from their parents and this is this has been the debate uh, that the media of course has screwed over the american people and by the media again i am talking about the legacy media major news networks and other media publications that told the, the um, that told the american public and also uh, um, performed a lie of omission in regards to context in trump's speech and his words where Trump uh, had supposedly, um, you know, uh, called these people, um, called these people uh, murderers and rapists and, and basically scum, and then also had separated his children and put people in cages and put children in cages when 
he didn't even build those cages. It was it was Obama, and that was during uh, President-elect uh, Biden's uh, time as vice president in office. Um, but here's the real deal about that whole situation: is that you have all of these illegal illegal immigrants and all of these people who are, uh, might be coyotes. Uh, if you guys don't know what a coyote is, then uh, yeah, <laughs> you haven't been listening to Q and A Hole's podcast. A coyote is a mythical creature that carries uh, uh, people across borders and it flies on you know a uh, rainbow jet fuel that spews from its paws i don't know but uh anyways that, that is what that is what a uh that is what a coyote here is at qna's podcast no just kidding um you know that is someone who smuggles people over that is what a coyote is uh, usually generally smuggling people into other countries that's how they're referred to uh, down in uh the southern states and into mexico um so so uh, they have these people coming over, the coyotes, the children. We don't know. The, uh, definitely the Border Patrol agents don't know if the children that these people are coming with are, are even legitimately their children. Because even in that instance, uh, sometimes people will send their children to another country in order to have a better life and hope that it just works out good for them. But that is usually not the case. Um, there was a lot of human trafficking going through the southern states in a border crossing that, uh, with President Trump's wall, uh, stopped by 80 to 90%, and I believe that's a conservative number, but that is a high number, um, because that was one of President Trump's main duties. Uh, one of the main objectives of his first year in office was to, um, stop the money pipeline that was going to the deep state and the globalist, uh, um, the globalist interests, uh, with the assistance of human trafficking and, uh, child trafficking, which are very depraved acts. Um, finally, going back to the article, acting Homeland Security David Pekosk or Pekoski will review the migrant protection pro- protocols, a Trump era initiative that forced all asylum seekers to remain in Mexico for months so as not to allow people into the United States while claims made their way through the legal system. So this one's ridiculous because um, apparently under Obama, they had catch and release, uh, which I'm sure a lot of y'all probably heard Trump talk, President Trump talk about ad nauseum. <laughs> and I only say that because if you watched all of his, because he did so many, you know, rallies uh, and he gave the talk and he would always say president trump would always say that under the catch and release system these people would apprehend these illegal immigrants these illegal crossers would um be apprehended and then they'd be released into the united states under the condition that they will show up for their day in court and um only the stupid ones would show up is what president trump would say um only the stupid ones would show up for their court date and all the other ones you never saw ever again and these are also people whom among those brought in could be rapists, could be drug dealers, could be coyotes, could be children who are being smuggled in. Don't y'all value human life? Um, You're thinking that they're coming here for a better reason, but usually that's not the case. That's just the cover for this uh, black market moneymaker called human trafficking. Uh, The art... uh, 
pardon me, the article goes on to say the program was implemented in January 2019 and since then 67,000 people have been enrolled. Migrants who presented themselves to federal law enforcement officers at border crossings and who are arrested for illegally crossing the border are both returned to Mexico if they seek asylum during the process. So again, they're going to be undoing all of this and now they're going to say, oh, well, if we catch you crossing the border illegally, which I guess, you know, maybe that should be the reward now. If they can find a way to cross the border with the wall that Trump built, maybe they deserve to be in America because they tried damn hard and, and they, they made it. But uh, if these people are caught, then they'll be released into America until their court date comes and we'll see if they come back for their court date. You know, that might be sad. Maybe people just walk up to the wall and they'll just, you know, okay, we'll meet us down about, you know, two quarters of a mile and we'll let you in through that secret passageway and you can walk your way into America. Or they'll probably have a new bus station down there, you know, every peak in the wall and uh, they'll have people that they'll load up uh, and take into different cities. Maybe they'll be the sanctuary cities that probably President Select Biden's going to have everywhere now. Probably designate all of the uh, city parks to be uh, migrant uh, uh, migrant uh, living quarters. And there you go. That's the new face of America under uh, Biden's America. Um, okay, so uh, back to the article. Uh, what else are we talking about here in regards to immigration and uh, President Select's executive order? Because these are going into the Federal Register, so apparently these things, these things do hold water in their eyes. Um, this one is this one is a kicker. DHS will look at rolling back Trump's expansion of the public charge rule, which imposed a wealth test on prospective immigrants. Public charge is a century of old U.S. legal term for uh, a century old U.S. legal term for non-citizens who have received long-term financial or other assistance. So, in other words, the illegal immigrants who come over here and they get uh, food stamps, they get Medicaid. They get um, they get uh, TANF. They get um, they get a, what? Well, SNAP is food stamps. What is the other one for the babies uh, that they get where they help the mothers? They get that WIC. You know, they get all of this. And uh, under Trump, that was stopped. He was like, No, 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 no. We're not going to do this. Well, under President-elect Biden, we're going to do this yet again. So yet again, we're um, we're we're in a crossroads in a world of daydreamers who believe that uh, we should all be borderless and and no world um, but one world order uh, the hippie generation that was essentially kidnapped and uh, what they, they they overtook that whole one love one world whole you know uh, world without borders concept and they turned it into something that ultimately they're using to enslave populations and to destroy economies uh, and to um, also uh, give themselves an upper edge by using these individuals to cheat in elections when the time comes not that it will rule not that it will matter because we can clearly see what it looks like when they cheat in elections and um, it's not pretty so because of this uh, there's already a crisis looming at the um, Mexico United States border um, apparently there's a surge in unaccompanied minors and again the reason why I was concerned about this task force involving minors is because um, 
it's not for nothing, but uh, there is this human trafficking problem that until President Trump came into was addressed. And we do know that there is a lot of rumor and speculation. Like I said, I didn't want to get too speculative, but that Biden, you know, and Obama and uh, even even the Bush family are involved in this. And it could be very well that that, that these uh, moments will be used so they can again be uh, they can again um allow the crime the, the the terrible crime of human trafficking to continue or to start up again so that they can get money in the coffers of their friends and maybe some of their wealthy um elite and uh, celebrity uh, celebrity uh uh human purchasers um and uh, human traffickers so um uh, they have a taste for children. Most of these people do. Back in 2014, this article uh, in regards to the crisis of unaccompanied minors coming into town um, states that uh, the Obama administration was faced with crisis level numbers of immigrants gambling on sneaking across the border without consequence. The problem then was that the numbers were so large that they were in plain sight. Border Patrol officials were overwhelmed. Shelters were set up at the border for children in order to protect them until arrangements could be made for them so border patrol officials were overwhelmed to the point that they set up shelters for children migrants were sending their children off on their own toward the southern border the reason for the separation was that the children wouldn't be refused entry while adults likely would so that's pretty sad but that's not the only thing that we're seeing here we're also seeing the trafficking of children but this is this is very particular because people who exploit children always choose the children that can be exploited and the exploited are the ones that are usually unprotected or they're underprivileged. So what are they going to do with these children that come up here and they set up shelters for? Under the law, one once a, once unaccompanied children are stopped by the border patrol, they have 72 hours to transfer the children to the Department of Health and Human Services. Health and Human Services then puts them in a shelter and they find placement for them somewhere in the United States. The Obama administration constructed 72-hour holding facilities to handle a sudden influx of migrants. President Trump faced growing crisis on the border of his own. He took swift action to secure the border with policies like setting up more facilities to handle the children and families. So that's keeping them, the children and the families in the same area so that all these other children wouldn't have to be pushed into an overflow it, by themselves, all minors, in their own like basically juvenile detention center as well as beginning to build a better wall to stop the flow of migrants over the border. One of the facilities used during the Trump administration is in Carrizo Springs, Texas, that's very close to uh, San Antonio, Texas. It is called an overflow shelter. The shelter was closed under the Trump administration when it no longer it was no longer needed. All the children held there were discharged. It is a 13th a 1,300-bed facility that provided cl uh, cleaner and safer conditions for prolonged detention when there was no other space in permanent shelters. The facility was operated by San Antonio-based nonprofit BCFS Health and Human Services. Now, um, as the article goes on to continue, Biden is planning to open up this facility again. I don't like the smell of this. My spidey senses tell me that uh, a facility such as this with 1300 beds and just nothing but children 
could be a place where some, um, you know, human trafficking could be going on or some abuse could be going on of some sort. So I would, you know, while I have no proof of that, I'm just saying my spidey senses are going off in regards to this area in Carrizo Springs. And had I the proper transportation, I would maybe go out and check it out myself. And by the way, that article came from a writer named Karen Townsend over at Hot Air. Um, I have this is an article that came up that pulled up Hot Air. Looks like they are a conservative outfit. Uh, Red State, I've heard of them before. Uh, hmm. Anyways, moving right along, um, here's another one. Oh, this is a, this is an update in regards to the uh, pipeline uh, being canceled. Um, there's a GOP congressman by the name of um, Mark Wayne Mullen of Oklahoma. He's a Republican. Um, at justthenews.com, Nicole Ballacy Bal- reports, Mark Wayne Mullen says President Biden and his administration have opened themselves up to a legal challenge after the cancellation of the Keystone XL pipeline project with an executive order. Yes, this is one of his executive orders. Um, According to this article, Mark Wayne Mullen said that um, uh, said of Biden um, so that since uh, Biden canceled a president presidential permit um, that the president before him approved and the president before that, who would have been Obama, had issued the study and moved forward with the permitting process. So apparently this Keystone Pipeline was approved by Obama for permitting processes and then approved by the uh, by President Trump for the permit to actually go ahead and construct it. Interesting. So you had basically two presidencies that had looked at the Keystone Pipeline. They took a deep dive in it. Once uh, one started it, one approved it. And then when the third one came in, he canceled it for no reason. Um, um, uh, Representative Mullen went on to say there was no review of the permitting process. There was no oversight into it. It was just it was purely purely political in my opinion a lawsuit can be filed in this case just for the commerce clause there are billions of dollars of private money and public money that has been invested in canada and the inside and inside the united states and for a president to do it for political purposes we don't do that in the united states that's what happens in venezuela that's what happens in china that's what happens in Russia, he says. And uh, I guess he concludes here, that's what happens in third world countries, not United States, inside the United States. The reason why people do business inside the United States is because of the assurity. When they invest their money and if they manage it right, they are guaranteed a return when there's a need for it. In this case, it was politically motivated and there's a lot of people that lost their investment here for no reason. No reason whatsoever other than just pure bowing down to the environmental community. Brava Representative Mullins of Oklahoma! Um, we're glad to hear that, and hopefully that continues. Now, uh, some more some more ruination being brought to us by the president-select, the illegitimate president of the United States, Joe Biden. Um, so, uh, some things in regards to his tax plan. So, um, an article by Sandy Fitzgerald um, went on to talk about... Uh, uh, who is this? Uh, Kudlow, uh, Kudlow, Larry Kudlow, who is former a former President uh, Trump top White House economic advisor. 
And Wednesday, apparently, he was on Fox Business Morning with Maria, uh, Fox Business's Mornings with Maria, um, and they were talking about uh, Joe Biden's tax policies and also how uh, Senator Elizabeth Warren um, was um, going to call for higher taxes on the fortunes valued more than $50 million when she joins the Senate Finance Committee. So apparently, uh, Senator Elizabeth Warren, um, you know, uh, Pocahontas, has been... Um, uh, uh, appointed uh, to be part of the Senate Finance Committee. Um, and she's going to uh, tax people who are making more than $50 million. Now, I know to a lot of people who consider themselves poor um, that that is uh, something that sounds like good because she'll be paying more, and I guess she deserves to pay more because she earns more. Um, I guess that's how that works in their mind. Anyways, but uh, Kudlow did talk about um, how the... Let's see, it says here. Um, it, it's going to mean higher taxes for everybody, and it's going to weaken the economy. He also said they're going to, uh, in, in reference to taxes, uh, uh, Biden's tax policy, that they're going to double down, uh, they're going to double the capital gains tax, they're going to increase the tax on upper and successful earners, they're going to tax energy to death, in fact, they're going to wreck the whole energy sector, and yes, a wealth tax is in their program. Um, for those who don't know, a wealth tax is different from taxes that are placed on income and payroll as it gets as it targets the value of the accumulated assets of the nation's richest people or their network in an effort to create a more level playing field between the wealthy and the middle classes. So um, Warren had introduced this into her tax plan, but uh, we're looking like the tax would be for people with more than 50 million in assets and equal 2%, but would rise for the people who have more than 1 billion. And this was part of Warren's tax plan. Um, initially, the tax would go up to 3%, but the senator later raised it to 6%. Um, so that's a tax on the wealthy and that, according to Kudlow, would uh, definitely hurt investing because generally people who uh, have more money will invest more in, um, you know, uh, businesses or things that could possibly benefit the middle class or those who are needing. Um, um, but substantially, it will um, hurt substantially more the upper income. So uh, that's something to think about there when we're thinking about some of the policies that uh, Biden will do to continue to wreck the American economy and wreck, uh, wreck the wallet books, of, wallet books of taxpayers. Now let's take a look at someone else who may possibly pr be promoted to a U.S. attorney. Um, this is someone who um, is the pick of, is the pick of a... Uh, Democratic senators, including um, uh, Chuck Schumer and also um, uh, Pocahontas herself, Elizabeth Warren, um, they chose this woman as a pick, um, and the Biden administration has chosen this woman as a pick to be a U.S. attorney for the District of Massachusetts. She was nominated, and she's on the short list. But let's see. This woman, um, as reported by the Washington Free Beacon, um, is also having some other problems, including a problem with road rage, 
um, and uh, some other things too that we should uh, so turn our attentions to. And I really think the uh, writer of this article for really kind of spelling out um, a laundry list of some of the things that this woman has done. Um, Democrat t- Democrat Attorney General has confirmed an ongoing investigation into a road rage allegation against Boston's top prosecutor, Rachel Rollins. So Rachel Rollins is Boston's top prosecutor. She's on the short list to be nominated for the U.S. Attorney um, of the District of Massachusetts. The investigation into Rollins, who has embraced such radical policy positions as halting prosecution of drug dealers, stems from a Christmas Eve parking lot incident during which she allegedly cut a woman off threatened to write her a ticket and then used her car's police lights to zoom away through a red light as she shouted today is not the day to try me Rollins has denied these allegations. So here we have a person who is uh, being picked by the Biden administration, who apparently, as the top prosecutor in Boston, thinks she has the right to impersonate a cop and to write a ticket for someone. And also, I guess, I guess her personal car has police lights. She can um, uh, zoom through a red light because, uh, you know, a citizen has pissed her off. So that's pretty interesting uh, in regards to this lady. Um, but yeah, Elizabeth Warren um, and Ed Markey. I'm, said, I'm sorry, I said sh- I said Chuck E. Schumer. Chuck E. Schumer? Chuck E. Schumer is who I said earlier. I apologize. But yeah, no, apparently it's uh, Elizabeth Warren and Ed Markey. Um, the flare-ups from Rollins, um, as the article continues, says, is not the first incident. Um, when Boston, uh, when Boston media waited outside of Rollins' house to ask her about this Christmas incident, I should say it's not the only incident, she was filmed threatening to arrest them and telling the reporter, I'll call the police on you and make an allegation and we'll see how that works with you. So you see uh, this woman who's apparently a prosecutor is going to say she's threatening to make an allegation. She's clearly abusing her power. Do we really want this woman as a U.S. district attorney? You know, um, see, Rollins is also lashed out on Twitter and she's compared, she's compared her accuser to Carolyn Bryant, the white woman who in 1955 falsely accused Emmett Till, a young black man, of sexual harassment. So apparently this person that she cut off in a parking lot is as bad as someone who accused someone of sexual harassment. That's how this is just like an AOC kind of thing. Apparently this is an AOC syndrome. Rollins was first elected as Suff- Suffolk County's district attorney in 2018, running on a platform of decriminalizing nonviolent crimes such as shoplifting and drug possession. In March 2019, she unveiled the Rachel Rollins Policy Memo, a liberal manifesto on criminal justice reform that advocated for a halt in prosecution for crimes such as malicious destruction of property and drug possession without intent, with intent to distribute. So, if you maliciously destroyed property or you were a drug dealer, basically, she wanted to halt prosecution for such crimes. And in recent months, Rollins um, has won headlines by advocating for the mass release of inmates due to the coronavirus. And um, it was uh, racist to admit, and uh, she said it was racist to administer vaccines at Boston's Fenway Park, complaining that the baseball stadium is a place where fans scream racial slurs at MLB players. 
Okay, alright, so here we have a snowflake. She definitely would not be getting one of the uh, new uh, Q&A Holes podcast snowflake mugs. Um, uh, to tune in to Q&A Holes podcast to find out more about that or uh, get in touch with us at Q&AholesPodcast.com. Pardon me. Okay, so let's see. Uh, yeah, so that's just some news, uh, some things that are going on uh, in the uh, uh, things around Washington, D.C. Um, very, very interesting. But yeah, that's that's pretty much a shame of it, this uh, a Biden appointee. So uh, that's kind of what's going on with uh, some of the things that's going on with presidents like Biden, the illegitimate president of the United States of America, um, and uh, some of the things that we don't appreciate in regards to this man. In other news, the soap opera of Washington, D.C. continues. Um, in this story, which I picked up um, on postmillennial.com and then also read a uh, article that kind of gave consensus in The Federalist, um, the article is entitled, Developing Lawmakers Begin Effort to Remove Republican uh, sorry, to remove Representative Ilhan Omar, you know, the someone who did something from committee assignments. So <clears throat> apparently there has been an effort to remove her, which I mean, we know that this is something that they've done time and again. This one comes as a kind of uh, eye for an eye in um, uh, respect to uh, Senator Taylor Green and the things that they're trying to do to her for being a supposed QAnon conspiracy theorist. Um, of course, uh, QAnon is under fire right now uh, because of the uh, optical election of President-select Joe Biden. But in regards to Ilhan Omar... Um, there's already been a legislation introduced. Apparently, the individual who's heading this up is one representative, Brian Babin of Texas. Um, and he's also um, has sponsors in uh, Andy Biggs, uh, Ronnie Jackson, Jeff Duncan, and Jody Heiss. That's uh, Texas, South Carolina, Georgia representatives, respectively. Um... Omar has uh, supported the anti-Semitic BDS movement um, in addition to uh, being rather openly anti-Semitic. Um, but uh, the BDS movement and her support of it is actually probably one of the more uh, obvious linchpins in her anti-Semitic uh, persuasion. Um, of course, Ilhan Omar, who is a member of the squad, who uh, you know, so, uh, let's see if we, uh, let's see if we can name all of the uh, all of the um, all of the uh, <laughs> I was going to say all of the dwarves, but then that might be an insult to dwarves because I was thinking of, like Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. But let's see all of the all of the snowflakes. We have Rashida Tlaib. Uh, we have. Um, uh, um, the Ocasio Cortez woman, what's her name? AOC. Um, we have uh, 
Ilhan Omar. And uh, the last one we have, um, oh, Corey Bush is apparently a new member of the club. And uh, everyone always forgets that one, uh, that one's name. Um, she's out of, uh, I think she's out of Massachusetts, maybe. Uh, Ayana, Ayana Presley, who, um, who went bald as, as bald as Bob the Drag Queen in order to protest, uh, I don't think it was for, <coughs> I don't think her hair was donated. But anyways, um, and, uh, Omar has supported this anti-Semitic BDS movement. Um, and, uh, we don't agree with Omar. She's, I mean, <laughs> married her brother, uh, came here illegally. Um, they found her, you know, connected to other, uh, uh terrorist movements in the Middle East. And apparently she's here as a plant. But anyways, uh, getting back to this whole thing that uh, Representative Brian Babin uh, is trying to uh, move through legislation, um, he says that uh, Omar has, uh, well, Omar herself has said she believes in and supports the BDS movement and has fought to make sure people's uh, make sure people's right to support it is not criminal. Now, according to the Anti-Defamation League, many of the founding goals of the BDS movement, including denying the Jewish people the universal right of self-determination, along with many of the strategies employed in BDS campaigns, are anti-Semitic. Many individuals involved in BDS campaigns are driven by opposition to Israel's very existent existence as a Jewish state. Oftentimes, BDS campaigns give rise to tensions in communities, particularly on college campuses, that can result in harassment or intimidation of Jews and Israel supporters, including overt anti-Semitic expression and acts. So Omar has uh, openly supported these people. And uh, just just like uh, just like they're giving uh, Senator Green a run for her money for her beliefs and her stance and also for supporting uh, President Donald Trump, um, the Republicans are going to go after Omar Ilhan in this way. And really, this should have been done a long time ago. I mean, this should have been done a long time ago. But this is uh, what last year was the uh, last year was the uh, the year of the boomerang, apparently. So it seems like they're boomeranging this back on Ilhan Omar. But uh, what do they say about 2021? This is the year of disappointment. Well, hopefully they unappoint or disappoint Ilhan Omar as a representative um, and not just take her off any of the committees that she's a part of or any of her duties uh, because she has uh, she has these beliefs apparently now according to the daily wire in an interview earlier that year omar suggested that israel should not be allowed to exist as a jewish state israel is not a democracy and compared israel to iran which is the world's leading state sponsor of terrorism never mind the corporation of the united states of america and here's even worse oh, i can't stand this woman omar embraces the anti-semitic heads of the women's march including one linda Sauer who is basically just a uh, she's just a slam poet who's been uh, weaponized by uh, I don't know some sort of deep state program that probably pays her a lot of money to uh, uh, throw slam poetry uh, about how she feels and uh, her speeches and stuff like that. Now Republicans are also likely to target Omar's fellow squad member, Representative Rashida Tlaib. Aha, um, and um, they say that she also has a history of anti-Semitic remarks, and I believe she does too. Now, I believe uh, Rashida Tlaib 
uh, had made a big deal about not being able to go home at one point. But they also say she ports, she also supports the BDS movement and um, has accused American Jews of having dual loyalty in a tweet that she had posted that said, they forgot what country they represent. This is the U.S. where boycotting is a right and part of our historical fight for freedom and equality. Maybe a refresher on our U.S. Constitution is in order. Then get back to opening up our government instead of taking away our rights. Tlaib does not support a two-state solution um, in the Middle East conflict, but rather she's always been an advocate for a single Palestinian state. The Washington Examiner reported that freshman representative Rashida Tlaib um, was photographed with a Palestinian activist who praised the terrorist group Hezbollah. So uh, that's another thing that they're looking at. Of course, again, um, uh, this is uh, Texas representative, Republican representative Brian Babin or Babin. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Um, going after uh, Democrat, Republic, uh, Democrat, Democrat representative Ilhan Omar. So that's some uh, some of the soap opera going on in Washington right now. Hopefully that one moves through. And uh, they really should leave Green alone because she didn't do anything wrong. I mean, she didn't do anything to Cory Bush, the other crybaby over here. Um, and uh, um, she, all, the only thing she did was defend the president for something that he had the First Amendment right to do and did not incite any kind of violence in any way. Now, here's some other... Um, here's some other news going on around Washington. And this is, this is one that everyone loves to just disapprove of. This is one that just, you know, she keeps herself in the news cycle by pure merit of, you know, her, I don't know, uh, uh, uh ability to satire or make fun of and that is one democrat representative of california maxine waters oh 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 everyone give a big old round of applause for maxine waters in a recent article from the washington free beacon um it states that waters has shoveled over one million dollars in campaign cash to her daughter so uh, let's see if uh, Maxine can uh, Maxine will be held accountable for this. Now, Representative Maxine Waters has now dished out more than one million dollars in campaign payments to her daughter following the 2020 elections. Dur, 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 dur. Are we going to see any kind of a reprisal for this type of um, uh, campaign finance uh, uh, cri- criminality? One million dollars. Karen Waters pocketed one point thirteen million dollars for providing an array of services for her mother's campaign since 2003 so apparently karen has done so many things for her mom's campaign uh from 2003 to 2013 to 2020 we're looking at 17 years in the span of 17 years her daughter became a millionaire wow the majority of the cash is for her role in running a controversial slate mailer operation in which california's politicians gave money to waters campaign in exchange for mailers mailers bearing her endorsement god i wish i was uh what do you call it i wish i was a slate mailer operator because in 13 years 17 years i'd become a millionaire 
Um, the article goes on to say the Mellors have become increasingly lucrative for younger waters over the years. During the 2020 cycle, her payments hit a high of $240,000. That's significantly more than the $90,000 her firm Progressive Connections took in during the 2006 election cycle. So apparently... Maxine Waters' daughter has um, an election business where she used to charge them $90,000 to do these services. Now she charges them $240,000 to do these services. Uh, I want to see I want to see what she's printing. I want to see uh you know distribution numbers. I want to see warehousing numbers. I want to see uh you know um, receipts. I want to see receipts for the the television, you know, the television um what do you call it? Uh commercials that she's going to purchase and that the the web uh, space she's going to purchase and i want to see receipts on her house let's see what is 1.13 million dollars to run campaign stuff for her mama while slate mailers are commonplace in states like california and oregon the practice is extremely rare at the federal level so she's doing a service that that is kind of mute when you get to the federal level okay in fact waters appears to be the only federal politician to use a slate meller operation as such the arrangement between her daughter and herself has led to complaints from watchdog groups asking the fec to audit the campaign i think they should audit the campaign let's see if they do that because um this this smells like uh this smells like something's burning here someone needs to go pay attention and put the water out on this many prominent california politicians have paid to be featured on the mailers including vice president kamala harris or Pri- vice president select kamala harris um who also paid uh, tens of thousands of dollars twice to be on these campaign mailers uh, to have a spot on them and then california gavin newsom and former senator barbara boxer also dished out money uh for water support so she's also getting people to support her and uh, pay for some of these mailers uh, she's making a lot of money this woman's running a racket i tell you <laughs> The practice has received criticism from local media. I'd say there's a question of ethics involved here for sure. While some of these mailers reflect the earnest political values of the organization that put them together, many are pay-to-play moneymakers that blur the line between endorsement, paid advertisement, and extortion. And that's from Cal Matters. And they wrote that uh, just the other day. Um, Waters campaign, of course, did not return comment on this uh, Washington Free Beacon article. Very interesting drama going around in the soap opera soapbox of the uh, Washington, D.C. capital area. But what else is going on here? What else is going on with this Maxine Waters? According to Breitbart, Maxine Waters says Trump absolutely should be charged with premeditated murder. Oh, I'm sorry. That's not what Maxine Waters sounds like. That's what that one uh, chick with the cowboy hat sounds like. Uh, The one chick with the cowboy hat, she says, Maxine Waters, Trump absolutely should be charged with premeditated murder. I got a fake cowboy hat. <laughs> God, someone can send me the name of that woman. I, I said it, said it before. Uh, we we've talked about her before on Q and A Holes podcast. Uh, uh, just a real quick, real quick. We have to know the name of this woman, and her name is Frederica Wilson, the cowboy hat wearing lady. 
negatives. A shame on you. Anyways, um, okay, so Maxine Waters says, oh, she's the one that says, you have to go and kill them. No, uh, Maxine Waters didn't say that. Maxine, Maxine, Maxine Waters says, you gotta confront them and tell them. Um, so here, Representative Maxine Waters, again of California, said two, on Tuesday that she spoke these words on MSNBC. I think that MSNBC is probably the only network that Maxine Waters ever appears on ever anymore and that probably one of the only ones that will ever have her. But she said that Donald Trump, President Donald Trump, should absolutely be charged with premeditated murder for inciting the deadly riots on Capitol Hill on January 6th. Now, just leave it to Maxine Water to say something like this. Um, According to this article, Maxine Waters said what's so interesting about all of this is they try to make themselves a victim when they indeed when indeed they are following the president of the United States of America, who who had advanced planning about the invasion that took place in the Capitol. She says who had advanced planning about the invasion that took place. She says, clearly, she doesn't know what she's talking about. Clearly, she's already getting senile. She's not even using the right words. I mean, I do, but I have I have a good excuse for not being able to connect my words sometimes. Um, but like she's saying that it was premeditated and that he knew that there there basically that there was advanced planning. OK, the only advanced planning that I'm aware of besides uh, a possible false flag um, is the you know the antifa pe- oh is the people uh, that weren't even reported on by you know the legacy media and all the major media outlets and that was the sunrise movement you know and that was the the federal uh, the federal secs who were planning with terrorist uh, terrorist attackers uh, like uh, what was that one lady's name again Mar- uh, maria stefan uh, who was caught in um, who was caught in a conversation with uh, uh, the former, uh, the former um, uh, Secretary of State, who was fired, and we got that information from you know um, um, Millie Weaver and uh, Tori Maris over at ToriSays.com. Um, they didn't report on that, you know, and those people were definitely planning. They're planning kinetic action as well as bureaucratic, you know, action against the president. And I think they, they were successful in the bureaucracy for uh, what it seems for the moment. But Maxine Waters is saying this you new know, absolute crap. Um, when we know that Maxine Waters has um, uh, incited violence of her own. And if, if he's to be held culpable for the violence that took place here, why isn't she to be held culpable for, you know, inciting any violence against Trump supporters? How about, how about all the people who got their heads smashed or who got stabbed or who got shot by, uh, leftist radicals or even just by, by, um, you know, angry liberals or angry Democrats? Um, let's, let's take a, let's take a visit back to an article that came from town hall back in, uh, 2018 judicial watch files ethics complaint against waters. That's one Maxine waters for inciting violence. Judicial watch filed an ethics complaint against representative Maxine waters, uh, over her recent speech that encouraged the harassment of Trump administration officials in the public. This is what she told her. If you see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant, in a department store, at a gasoline station, you get out and you create a crowd and you push back on them and you tell them they are not welcome. (laughs) 
So she was saying those things. I mean, of course, we have that happening uh, with Maxine. She's saying push back. Like, she's saying get in their face. She's definitely, uh, definitely um, inciting some type of physical encounter that could very well lead to violence. And she broke house rules that specifically say in house rule number 23, clause one, a member, delegate, resident, commissioner, officer, or employee of the house shall conduct himself at all times in a manner that shall reflect credibility or credit, 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 on the house. And of course, if we want to talk about people inciting violence um, uh, in the face of this uh, bogus charge that President Trump incited violence on January 6th at the Capitol building and incited those riots, let's not forget about Chuck Schumer. Chuck Schumer also used a very violent words um, um on a mob uh, right in front of the Supreme Court justices. Uh, if you guys remember that, um, that was uh, Senator Chuck Schumer standing out there because he was, uh, he was, uh, you know, he, he had gotten his panties in a twist in regards to the Gorsuch and the Kavanaugh um, hearing and, and uh, what he thought they were going to do. Um, it, it was uh, Chuck Schumer who said, and this is Chuck Schumer, of course, of New York. Um, who said, have you seen Chuck Schumer's wife, by the way, or husband or whatever it is? Anyways, um, he was on the steps. He led a mob on the steps of the Supreme Court while a case was being heard and tried to thwart the natural deliberation of justices by violently threatening two of them to rule in favor of his and other Democrats' preferred outcome. That's what this article says. Um, this article that is from... It's got to be from The Federalist. because Yep, it's from The Federalist by one Molly Ziegler. Um, very, very... They have pretty uh, in-depth articles over at The Federalist. But this one, um, as it was saying... Um, he says, this is what Chuck, this is what Chuck Schumer said. A crying Chuck Schumer said, I want to tell you, Gorsuch. I want to tell you, Kavanaugh. You have to be released. Uh, you have released the whirlwind and you will pay the price. You won't know what hit you if you go forward with these awful decisions. Schumer threatened the two most recently confirmed justices, Neil Gorsuch and Brent Kavanaugh. You, I remember when he did that. He His tie was like basically like strangling him. I want to tell you. And he said, you won't know what hit you. Um, I mean, that's obviously uh, very, what's the word? Um, I mean, it, it, kind of ambiguous, but I mean, it, it still could be a veiled threat. Um, and even Senator Josh Hawley's efforts, he tried to get Schumer censured, but that became of nothing. But you know, that's just a history that these people have. They are inciting, they are uh, going to do an impeachment against president donald trump for supposedly inciting a riot and this is just this just goes to show you how these uh these liberals democrats these uh communists these uh coup party members um always project their own sins or their own crimes against the people who are their opposition uh senator kamala harris solicited uh funds to bail out the rioters who destroyed minneapolis during the 2020 summer of rage so kamala harris she supports the rioters 
She supports the peaceful protesters. Uh, Maxine Waters, as I said in the uh, the the uh, article above, wanted them to push back and let them know. And then, of course, we have the Bernie Sanders supporter who nearly killed uh, Steve Scalise in the baseball field in Virginia. Um, and and that was uh, motivated. Uh, uh, to kill for health care after Sanders and other Democrats had said the Republican health care plan was going to kill many Americans. And then there was also Senator Cory Bush, um, you know, who had told his supporters at one gathering in D.C. to please don't just come here today and then go home. Go to the Hill today. Go up and please get up in the face of some Congress people. So he was also calling for kinetic action at that time. So um, that's just some. That's just to show the double standard. That's just to show again that these people project their own actions and their own sins. They have this huge rafter in their eye, and they still choose not to take it out before they throw the gla- the rock in their own glass house to shatter the glass house that's across the street these people make absolutely no sense whatsoever okay and let's see here uh in one other story we're going to share with you guys today in regards to what's uh, some of the gossip going around um and i i mean this one i was like oh man okay because this is again going to go this goes again back the story to the culture of dc the culture of the elites the culture of those who think they are above everyone else uh the culture of those who um uh, think that they are the master and we are the servants this goes back to this uh dark and quite often hidden culture that's never talked about that has to do with uh sex yes sex and quite often can lead to things involving sexual harassment um can involve in things such as um uh, a sexual um um sex sex rings uh and even more than that but here we have a reporter um who broke Lincoln Project Predator story say it was not a secret and the group stayed silent. So this is about the Lincoln Project. Now these guys are a bunch of rhinos. These guys are a bunch of rhino Republicans who got together um, and they are basically never never Trumpers. They're anti-Trump um, and they've been a pain in the side and they're they're supposedly Republican but we know that these, these are probably like Warhawk people. These are uh, never Trump people that... Um, are represented in the Lincoln Project. According to this, they should be part of the uh, Log Cabin Project, maybe is what they should call it. But it says the story on the Lincoln Project's John, uh, the story on the Lincoln Project's John Weaver. Uh, now, John Weaver was formerly a McCain aide um, who was recently exposed as a predator of young men, uh, by offering them jobs for sex. So apparently this guy on the Lincoln project, this John Weaver would solicit young men, uh, using the unethical practice of getting a job in order for him to get sexual gratification. 
Um, in the case of this story, Gerdusky tells the Hills Rising that his sources were many and that John Weaver's being a predator was not a secret in Washington, D.C. So I'd seen an interview with that also, and this guy basically told him that when he went to go poke around the annals of Washington, D.C., um, uh, and he didn't name any names necessarily, but he kind of threw out, you know, um, speculative or uh, it sounded like... Um, hypothetical situation so people were like oh well that's john weaver so apparently a, a bunch of people knew uh, the article goes on to state if this is from the right scoop by the way that gradusky points out though that it was not a well-kept secret that weaver was a creep and had a problem he said many in the political class knew about it in fact he notes that the number of victims weaver had over a five-year span was close to 100 young men so uh, John Weaver apparently had a pretty big victim pool here. And also uh, something that they talked about in the report that I thought was interesting was uh, one of the uh, – whenever whenever Gadeski was finally able to really kind of break the story and he had people coming forward and then they start coming forward in droves, uh, someone had done a story – on John Weaver that said one of these individuals was actually a 14-year-old boy. Now, they were not able to confirm that John Weaver actually had any kind of sexual contact with a 14-year-old boy, but that's what was alleged. And um, it says also here that it was only after the New York Times broke their story, which included that a 14-year-old boy was also a victim, that people in the Lincoln Project began to feign ignorance about the whole situation. And they claimed they barely even who John Weaver uh, was or something. So um, that kind of goes into it too because there's a lot of stuff that was under the surface that did not come up during the Trump administration but was definitely close. We're talking... Uh, you know jeffrey epstein type of material we're talking you know uh we're talking uh, we're talking nygaard type of material we're talking jean-luc Bernay type of material here um and we're talking you know we we're talking what, 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 what who else are we talking about here we're talking uh hashtag me too but like you know uh um far worse than that we're talking uh, we might be getting back into talking about you know tom tom hanks here um but apparently when it comes to this topic uh, and that would be the topic of pedophilia and sex with children and child sex trafficking rings nobody seems to know anything and nobody knows anybody that is related to such a story um, and we see that the folks over at the Lincoln Project, whom um, I do have a personal vendetta with only because they reported one of my uh, my uh, tweets uh, over on Twitterland and got me uh, got my account suspended for about two months because I why well, I, I honestly I had to finally give in to uh, erasing the comment, but it didn't stop me from memeing it later on. Um, yeah, they, they pissed me off. Okay, and uh, I think we'll wrap up with this story tonight. Um, this uh, story is uh, one that will bring a lot of heartbreak to many people. Of course, the, this story could also just be planted, but it is uh, in regards to the prosecution of top officials um, about Russiagate and how it's unlikely to come. And I really shouldn't close with this story because there are a lot of things I could say about this, um, but this article is written uh, by Douglas Braff. Um, 
uh, via sarahcarter.com. And uh, it says, in a report published Tuesday, Fox News reports that sources told the publication that the investigation is ongoing and that Durham last year concluded the part of his investigation looking into the CIA. And he's now examining the FBI's activity. So where the hell has Durham been? Where's the Durham report been? Everyone from Sidney Powell to President Trump have been disappointed. And everyone's saying that they really don't think it's going to come out. And apparently John Brennan has even said he doesn't mind if it doesn't come out until, you know, sometime into 2021. Um, what was the Durham uh, report about? What was Durham uh, looking into? Well, Durham's probe was looking at the origins of f- the former special counsel Robert Mueller's investigation into the alleged Russian interference in the 2016 presidential election, as well as the now debunked collusion between Russian officials and the Trump campaign. Uh, that was debunked. Russian collusion was debunked. Um, and uh, the Russian dossier was debunked. Um, I mean, Mueller's investigation went on to show that there was no collusion um, during the 2016 campaign. And and indeed, the uh, dossier has been proven to have been a fraud. Um, It's proven to have been paid for by the DNC and the Hillary Clinton and her foundation, I believe. And then let's not forget about Kevin Kleinsmith's roles we talked about in a previous episode. Um, who basically had a slap on the hand for um, knowingly put down putting down false information on um, uh, an application for a warrant to the FISA courts that enabled them to spy on uh, President Trump and also his campaign advisor Carter Page, who also basically had his life destroyed because of that. Um, so yeah, Brendan has no problem with it. Uh, apparently, Durham's looking into uh, the FBI's uh, involvement in this, and and Comey seems to have no problem. Comey, Comey says he can't imagine that he's a target. So uh, I don't know. We'll see whatever happens with this Durham report. Durham was the hope of uh, he was uh, he was one of the hopium members, I guess, that we were all kind of rooting for. But even Barr turned out to be a big old stinky pants in the end. So we'll see what happens with John Durham and if he's going to uh, carry out his responsibilities ably without any political influence, according to John Brennan. John Brennan can, uh, I'm sorry guys, but John Brennan can suck it. John Brennan is a treasonous SOB. Uh, John Brennan has done more wrong here to the American people and to the Constitution and to these United States of America than most people do in a lifetime. And uh, John Brennan, who perjured himself uh, to Congress, should also face some charges for his involvement in some of the other things that he's he's done, uh, including, uh, you know, uh, uh, purchasing all of the private data of uh, the citizens of the United States that he can mine it and he can make money off of it himself. In overseas companies, um, as highlighted in Shadowgate, go check that out as well all right well i'm gonna go ahead and wrap there um we'll see you guys again manana and until then y'all have a great day evening or night wherever you are wherever this uh, podcast might find you and we'll talk to you next time and uh, don't forget to tune in to uh, q and a hills podcast on uh, saturday and uh yeah we'll see you have a good night
Something is haunting the town. Adam Longoria has gone missing, and his sister claims she's been seeing a bad man in the shadows. Jesse Bachman confronts a terror that is haunting the town of Suval, but will he be able to stop a pure evil that wants him dead? Get the chilling new novella by Michael Aaron Casadis, author of The Distance to the End. A Trick of the Eyes, a stunning new work of horror that is keeping readers turning the page. Get A Trick of the Eyes anywhere books are sold, online or in stores, ask for it by name. A Trick of the Eyes by Michael Aaron Casares. <laughs>